Okay. Um, all right. Okay. I think we'll we'll get started. There's there's a good enough amount of people. Um, and at moments, I might I might pause because I can't turn off the waiting room. I feel like feel like I'm a geriatric on Zoom right now, which is great. Um, okay. All right. Well, hi everyone. Welcome to to this webinar. So um, it's beyond the the GPA, showcasing your unique qualities in medical school applications in Australia. Um, we want to make it a bit more interactive today. Um, you guys are on Zoom. I, I don't know if you guys did uni during COVID. Um, I personally hate Zoom calls and getting picked on and talking, but um, if you guys want to unmute at any time and share your thoughts, um, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, just a couple of housekeeping rules. Um, uh, yeah, you can, if you have any questions, um, put it in the um, in, in the chat or in the in the poll section. Oh, okay, there's no polls. Um, so put it in the um, in the in the chat. Um, and also, if, yeah, if you have any questions, um, raise your hand, then you can unmute and then you can ask me a question. This is going to be very chill um, for you guys. So, yeah, just uh, we'll we'll get started. Okay, so um, a little bit about me. So I'm actually a second year medical student um, at the University of Sydney. So um, currently my role within Phrases is that I'm the quality and control uh, lead, which means that I basically, um, if you were to uh, buy, the, buy the course at Phrases, you'll be with a tutor for interviews and applications and whatnot. I'm making sure that everyone is on at a high level and making sure that they they do um tutor you guys um at an adequate level if you guys have any concerns with the course or any any sort of things that like you feel like you need um you can always um uh, email me or um have a way you want to contact me um and a bit more about myself so i actually um i've been at uni for about nine years <laughs> Um, and the reason why I've been at uni for nine years is because um, I actually did the GAMSAT six times. And um, and because I did the GAMSAT six times, uh, every time I, I sort of um, progressed and then eventually um, eventually I got an interview at the University of, um, of Wollongong. And then I did well in the interview. And then um, 10 days before starting at, um, at the University of Wollongong, I somehow got a, a offer from University of Sydney and I was like, holy shit, now I have to decide between going to, to Sydney or going to going to Wollongong. And um I can I can talk about that a bit later on if you guys want um, about why I chose which uni, but hopefully you guys are not in that position where you have to choose between Sydney or um a GEMSAS university or Flinders and a GEMSAS university. Um anyone from Adelaide here today? Um, put it in the chat. No. Okay. No one from Adelaide. Um, oh, there's one person from Adelaide. Yeah, definitely apply for Flinders um, because Flinders is a great, great university. Um, okay. All right. So, um, okay. So let's let's talk about the journey. So why are we what what are we doing today? So I think a lot of you guys have started your your applications process. And by the way, can everyone hear me properly? And and clear and well. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. If you can't hear me at any point, then um, just shout out and and also feel free to stop me at any time if you have any questions. Okay. 
All right, so why, why are we here today? We're here today to, to figure out what our chances are in our um, in our application because so applications started um, this month, I believe, and it's going to going to end by the end of end of this month. So on the 31st of May, that's when our gem, when when the applications end. There's also a couple of other timelines. So just be very wary of the timeline for Flinders and, and University of Sydney because they do operate on a different timetable. And also there's like documentation. So if you're a rural student, um, definitely look into, into getting those documents. I'm a rural student myself. So um, in terms of in terms of my um, sort of journey, I uh, I did a lot of extracurricular activities whilst I was I was trying uh, sitting for the GAMSAT, and also um, I was trying to bump up my my GPA as well. So um, um, put your hands up if you um, if you're stressed about your your GPA, um, if you're worried that it's, if it's enough or or not. Okay, there's one person. That's that's good. That's good. Um, GPA. Is is a hurdle for a lot of universities, but it is also one of those things that we need to be wary of. There's also the stuff about extracurricular activities as well. Ooh, okay. Someone's stressed about 2020. Um, this is a very hot topic because um, I actually did honors in 2020, and um, there was a petition uh, back in 2020 where I was a part of where we we tried to make sure that medical schools um, included GPA. But I'll, I'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah. Like extracurriculars are a big thing that I would um I would highly recommend getting into because it does help with a lot of lot of like um I guess life experience. Uh, there's also the GAMSAT. Thinking about the GAMSAT as well, um, and also dealing with with the difficulties down the road. How to how to get up because, um, like I said, six GAMSATs. How did I bring myself up to sit through that exam and? That exam, uh, before it was on computer, I actually did it on paper, and it was a six-hour exam. Anyone did it? Um, anyone did the the GAMSAT when it was a paper exam? No one. Wow. Okay. No one's done it. That's good. Um, it's it's relatively easier now. Oh, okay. So okay, two people. Yeah, it was a paper exam. It was the bane of my existence. But I'm I was glad that they got got to computer, but then they changed it up and made it harder. But that's okay. That's okay. This is why you guys are here and um and going through the whole process. Okay, so let's talk about the GPA. So how do you overcome a GPA um, that you're not happy about? So um I think with the GPA, GPA is is one of those things where like some universities do put a lot of F, like a lot of emphasis on the GPA and some universities actually don't for so for example um so University of Sydney University of Sydney actually puts GPA as a hurdle so it's a it's a 5.5 which is a which is a wham about 65% uh, but then there's other universities which does put a lot of emphasis on um on on the on the GPA so for example Melbourne University um uh, just uh, just like um it's just a question to you guys which which university are you guys um hoping to get into uh and it's okay to be ambitious because i was ambitious as well and um and now i'm at university of sydney which is uh apparently the number one medical school in the country <laughs> apparently <laughs> okay so a few melbourne's few double stream nice deacon any 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 is a good one um to be honest, I thought I was also like that. If anyone would take me, I would be very happy. Um, okay, UQ, Griffith, 
Yeah, wherever I'll go, yeah. Of course, me too. Um, okay. So I think I think it's very important to think which university you are gunning for because um because with the with those universities, it's really important to see which what GPAs um a lot of students do apply with. And sometimes it, it you do need to be a bit realistic with what your chances are because on the GEPSAS application, you do get six preferences. And when you get six preferences, you need to think like, okay, I can, I, I, if I'm applying for this university, what are my chances? Is there more chances of me going to another, another university? But maybe sometimes I can have a bit of a throwaway. And to be honest, everyone here, I would highly recommend to apply to UCID. If you have, if, if you feel like you're not going to get in, just apply anyway. It's, it's just another application, whereas with the GEMSAT application, you do need to like think about like where you're going to go. So for me personally, my GPA was was not the best. It was actually pretty terrible. Um, I So when I my first degree was Biomed at Deakin University, and I finished with a GPA of 4.7, which is actually pretty, pretty horrible. And I didn't have any chances of going to any any um, medical school in, in the country. So what I thought thought, what do I do with this? Um, do I keep trying? Do I boost my my GAMSAT? And I thought maybe I can try something else. And I actually tried um, to. I actually did another degree. So I did um, a Bachelor of Science at the at University of Melbourne. And it was really funny because when I just get got out of high school, I had an ATAR of seventy five, and I thought that no one would take me there's no chances of me going into medicine and now uh, and after after doing that first degree i go into university of melbourne and that was a small win for me and then in during during that time um at melbourne uni i did boost up my my gpa and to be honest like a lot of people here i don't know if you've done if if you're considering doing a secondary or you're thinking like oh i've done one degree like should i do another degree it's kind of a pride thing. And I think if your GPA is at a point where um, where it's like you, your WAM is about 70%, I would I would highly recommend going and doing another degree um, if you want to boost your chances of, of more universities. But if you don't, that's okay. You can do a master's and there are a couple of pathways and, and bonuses to, to do that. But you have to realise that your chances may be a little bit limited um, depending on the, which university you're going for. Um, so I chose the second degree and um, my GPA went up a little bit. I, I popped it into the into the GPA um, five area, but then it was still not enough. And that's when I started doing an honors. So I got into an honors degree in 2020. And to and to to everyone here, research might not be your thing, but I would actually highly recommend um, doing research. Not only do you get a chance of of looking into into what you can we can do in terms of like have pretty much pretty much like you're going into a field where it's like there's not much knowledge there so you're adding to that knowledge and also you already have that research experience when you go into medicine and you will go into going to medicine i believe that the the 38 people here will will definitely go into medicine in the future and with that research knowledge in your third year in your fourth year you're going to be ahead of a lot of people who um, who ha does, don't have that research knowledge, and then in the future, oh, okay, there is a there's a question. Go for it. Okay, hello everyone. I'm Talia. 
Um, so I was just wondering, so say you're sitting on that, like around a 6.4, 6.5, 6.6, varying from like weighted to unweighted GPA. Yes. yes. If you don't get first class honors, that yes. could bring you down. I was wondering, like, mm. I know, I mean, I'm from Queensland, so I'm yes. first of all looking at Queensland unis where it's like a 6.8, 6.7 unweighted. Mm. Would you recommend mm -hmm. doing an honours with that GPA just because if I don't get first class honours, it could potentially bring my GPA down? So are you doing honours uh, this year? Is, am I no. correct to say that? Okay. No, so I'm wondering whether I should do an honours next year if my GAMSAT isn't great. So my... if, you, if you're looking at a 6.6, .6, that's actually pretty good. Um, and a lot of people don't really have that sort of score as well. The, like the the universities you might be looking towards is like Griffith University, which historically has looked into that that mid range. But um, if you don't get in this year, God forbid you don't get in, get in this year, I would I would look into honors because I know with UQ, if you do get first class honors, and I'm pretty sure you'll get first class honors. It's um. It's you just need to get a good supervisor, need to get a good project, and you, you need to be able to. It's like getting a thesis out is like doing an assignment. Um, if you get a first class honors, that GPA seven is what UQ takes, and you have an automatic first class honors for your entire um, GPA. So I would I would recommend um, doing a another degree if you don't if you don't get into this year. Um, there's always chances of boosting your GPA. And I think a little bit my, about my story is that I didn't really stop there. I, I found ways to increase. There is a risk. There is an inherent risk. Um, but I think the I think it's like high risk, high return. That's that's how I, I go about it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, any other questions about about the like GPA and um, and that sort of stuff? Okay. All right, so um, UQ, UQ actually takes a key degree. So, so what that means is that if you did a if you did an undergraduate degree, they take that that GPA and then give then and use that GPA for whatever. If you do a master's, they only take the master's degree and then do that. If you did honors, they only take that honors. So anything that you did beforehand, they supersede it. So that that's one reason why I did honors because I thought. Okay, I've seen people get first class honors. If I get first class honors, and then um, yeah, basically your um, UQ is going to take that, and then and then um, you get GPA seven. But then there is that thing where you need to worry about the GAMSA and the interview. Okay, uh, another question. Question: What if you have done honors before and honors won't count? Um, ooh, I I feel you need to rephrase that question a little bit. Um, would bring on okay masters does boost gpa um but you, some universities actually don't um take on masters they actually take in your bachelor's degree and your honors so just be a bit careful about that i know deacon does take masters i know notre dame takes masters um as well so you need to look at the gemsas guide um okay so the ability to go okay second on the uh, what would you find the average GPA for applying into into that, for example? Um, okay, so in in terms of finding GPAs and, and averages, it's, it's very, um, I think you can go to Paging Doctor 
So paging doctor every year, there's a lot of people put, jotting in their GPAs and GAMSATs, and you can actually sort of figure out what sort of GPA people have been applying with. But I think a word of caution there, because um, what happens is that a lot of people actually get high GPAs and then they like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to show the world that I've, I have a high GPA and then they, they put it in. So just to be a bit careful about that, but I did it last year and I actually saw like, I actually looked for the lowest GPA and the lowest GAMSAT that people got in with. And that sort of gave me hope. So that really tells you how many people do, do get in. Okay, do you mind telling us what you did for honors? Okay, cool. So, um, okay, so for, so for honors, what I did was I actually did it in neurophysiology. So, um, I so in it so at the in my final year of my second degree, I knew that my GPA wasn't good enough. So I started looking for supervisors, and I I found a really cool supervisor. We had a meeting, we vibed quite quite well, and then um and then yeah, he he gave me a project, and then the, the year after, I I did the project with him. He re he really helped me with my thesis. And the thing is that these supervisors, they actually want to publish as well. So it's in their best interest to help you um, do uh, do well with your thesis. And and because he helped me so much, my my thesis was was well enough. And I I got first class honors. And someone who had a, had an eight or seventy five. I was actually very stoked that I ended up getting um, getting first class honors, and that really helped me. And and so, something to mention as well: in 2020, it might be different now, but I had a GAMSAT of 56, and my GPA um, did go up from from 5.6 to 6 to 6.1, and um, and in that time, I actually got a interview up from Melbourne Uni. And I was actually really surprised that I got an interview off from Melbourne Uni because my my GAMSA was like one of the lowest. And also I'm a rural student. So that was one thing. I didn't get through. Um, that's another not, another thing. But um, yeah, and then the year after when my my honors was actually counted, um it, it was it was great. I had so many more options to to um apply. Okay. Uh oh yeah, that's amazing that you'd did it honors at the Murdoch Institute? That's great. Um, okay, so um, a person. Okay, so I did a bachelor's degree, and I did a second degree. My GEMSAT wouldn't look at my honors anymore as it was my before. Okay, so the so the thing with um, okay, so that's actually a really good question. So my honors degree was my final year of my of my three years. So so I tried to actually take out my biomed degree from Deakin because it was such a, a horrible GPA that I just didn't want it to be counted. So what I did was my first two years was my, my science degree at Melbourne Uni, and then my final year was my honours degree. So because I had a GPA 7 in my final year, I went from a GPA 5.6 to a GPA 6.2. So it went up quite a bit. Um, so just be careful about that because if you're doing, if say you have a really good GPA, you want to do something else um, that doesn't bring your GPA down. And honors for me was low risk. So I did that. I felt like if I did a master's, um, I had to study, my GPA would go down. So yeah, just be a bit careful about that. Um, uh, okay. Um, 
All right. So what is the weighted unweighted GPA? Okay. So weighted GPA. Um, so that's a very good question. So your final year for some universities, they weight your GPA three times, um, and then some other universities, and then um, it's like two times, and then one time for um, one in one and two. But for some universities, such as Melbourne Uni, they um, they count your first year as, as one time, and then second and third years as two times. So your GPA might go down a little bit. Griffith, they don't have any weighting, so just be a bit wary of that. But it's always good to have something in your final year that will really boost your your GPA. Um, okay, all right, cool. I think we should um we, we should really really um, move on about the GPA stuff. So, what else is important in your medical school application? Because like. Because I think G GPA is one thing that we're all really worried about because G because like a 6.6 .6 GPA, is that enough? But I think also need to consider about the other stuff like GAMSAT, for example, interviews is a big one, um, and also portfolio universities. So at the moment, uh, portfolio universities, um, there's only one uh, portfolio university, which is University of Wollongong, unfortunately, because Notre Dame has decided to take away their portfolio. and. And to be honest, um, it's not really bad that they took it, took it away. It doesn't mean mean that your chances of getting into Notre Dame is is actually worse. But um, it means that there's other ways to get into medical school. So, for example, now that they have changed um, changed the portfolio system, they've actually implemented Casper. And there was a webinar on Casper um, before. And um, if you have any questions on Casper, I'm happy to talk about that later. So in terms of extracurricular activities, what are the, some common extracurricular activities people like to get involved? Okay, so I guess I guess I want to put this to you guys. Um, if think about a time that you have done something at university, like what sort of what sort of stuff have you done outside of studying twenty four seven in your science or biomed degree or med sci degree? Hmm. Oh, okay. No, no one's deciding to put it up. Okay. So, oh, okay. Um, someone did computer coding. That's that's really, really cool. Maybe, maybe you can help me with my chat GPT um escapades. Uh, okay, so someone's at someone's at Bond University. Um, okay, are there any that you would recommend? And okay, okay, yeah, good point. Yeah, I'll I'll pull it. Oh, represent Australia. Wow, that's amazing. Dancing is really cool. Um, I actually put dancing in my application for Wollongong, so it, it's everything is 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 fair game. Um, okay, so so extracurricular activities. Oh, someone volunteered at St John's. That's that's amazing. That's that's really really good. I think I think like with with extracurricular activities, it's very important to think about what you've done in medical school because yes, G, GPA is important. GAMSAT is important and we're studying nonstop. But when it comes to talking to a person in front of you in an interview, you have to show those, those people skills. You have to be able to, to be able to put yourself in situations and really logically think about how would I be, be that person to navigate in that situation? And even when you're a doctor in the future, you're not going to be you're not going to be like um, behind a computer unless you want to do radiography or radiology. That's a different story. <laughs> but if you're if you want to go into medicine, it's very important that you have to have those people skills. And I think people skills start from from getting involved with extracurricular activities. If if you're in your final year, that's completely fine. Do something that 
that interests you. Do something that that um, that will make make you feel like a, like you can get some growth in terms of 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 getting those people skills. So what I did. So my so growing up, I was a very um, very shy kid. I actually um, actually um, was very socially awkward. And then once I got into universities, the first two years. I actually did nothing. I was I was in that mindset that I need to get my GPA up. I want to get into medicine. But then when it came to final year, I my GPA was crap. And and then I thought, okay, there's the Biomed Society. I'm going to I'm going to um join the Biomed Society. And then I became the treasurer for the Biomed Society. And they gave me a lot of life skills. I was able to do a lot of um a lot of like balance sheets. I was able to um check on finances. I was able to negotiate with people and it still, it helped me to this day. Like I'm able to negotiate with, with certain people. And that was my stepping stone to do other things as well. And for me, medicine was not the only thing in, in my mind right now with medicine. I can do so much more. And it, it actually gave me a lot of perspective. It's not just about helping people. It's about, um, it's about um, being influential and being able to um, to help people in various different ways. And that's what extracurricular activities helped me. So when I got into Melbourne Uni, I became president of a charity club. I was able to also, um, I was also the secretary for another another um, society. And then when I got into honours, I, um, I was again, vice president of a different club. Um, and then also tutoring. I, I was also doing a lot of tutoring as well. So I was getting that human interaction. And these things really helped me to develop my my people skills. I was able to talk fluently. Um, I was able to add it to my portfolio as well. So when it came to Wollongong, when it came to Notre Dame, I didn't feel like I was restricted when it came to um, to um, thinking about like which universities can I go to. Melbourne Uni, Deakin was weren't the only universities I can apply to. I could apply to Wollongong. I could have applied to to Notre Dame. And then when it came to the interview. I, I realized that interview was another beast. And yes, I had those people skills, but then I had to actually learn how to how to think on my feet. Okay, so what are some activities that make you stand out? Um, that's a very that's a um, good question. And I think there was a question about what sort of activities I would recommend um, to people. So um, just a, just in the chat, how many people? So I'm, I'm assuming everyone's in their final year. Have you finished a degree or are you working full time? Uh, what, are, what are you guys doing? Okay, finish your degree, final year, working full-time, RN, full-time. Okay, okay. All right. So I think I think now that a lot of people are, like, doing full-time work or they're in their final year, I think, I think people in their final year – just, just be wary about your GPA because you don't want to overload yourself. Um, and I actually made, I made a huge mistake in my first year of medical school last year that I actually took on too many things, and that really affected my G, my um, like my GPA in medical school. So I'm cognizant of that. So just be be wary of that. But now that you're doing full time work, or if you've finished um, your degree. Take on different hobbies. Take on different things that um, that you can feel like you can you can flourish in. Um, do do different things like like uh, be part of your community or um, or like um, do things that you have, wouldn't have done before. Um, so what I what what I did was I'm actually very involved with my own community. So I'm so my background's Bangladeshi. 
So I'm really involved with my Bangladeshi community, and I've helped with a lot of um, a lot of like um, gatherings where I um, there's a lot of performances that that um, like kids my age and younger they do. So I've been like organizing them, and that's something like um uh, portfolio community communities love and also you, you develop a lot of people skills i've been i've been hopping about people skills a lot but yeah these sort of things that i would i would just look into um and also yeah so like um there's also like personal qualities so when it comes to personal qualities like um in your interview like when you're when you are in that interview they're going to ask you things like tell us a time when you um when you have dealt with feedback or tell us a time when you when you've done this and straight off the bat you're going to have a story to tell and that's very important because if you because if you're someone who hasn't experienced life it's going to be very difficult to to really get a story out of thin air and I'm not saying like go on like a trip to like um to, to like Africa and, and and find yourself. I'm not saying anything like that. I think I think start small and and you're gonna you're gonna deal with a lot of people through that. Um yeah. Any question, guys? Um I I don't want to keep talking so much. So any questions about that? Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for the feedback. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So now with the, with the extracurricular activities, I know that Wollongong is the only university in Australia that has a portfolio and word of caution, um, there is a lot of like for Wollongong, they do um, prioritize rural students a lot. So with the portfolio, there is actually a rural bonus. So that means that either you're from a rural background or you actually worked in a rural um, rural place. I'm actually from a rural background, so I got that bonus. But say you, you like worked in a rural town, but you actually live in Metro, you can definitely add that to your portfolio and you'll, you'll potentially get that, that bonus. There was a webinar that Lyndall um, did um, last year. I don't know if it might've changed this year. So do look out for those webinars. I know that there's a phrase, this is a phrases webinar, but whenever there is a university webinar, go there because that's official advice and and really um, jot down what, what you need. Um, so, uh, so that's one thing. But that doesn't mean you should be discouraged from applying. I would, um, if you have a lot of life experience, um, or if you want to want to boost your chances, and you think that the other universities it might be a bit difficult to to get into, do go into Wollongong because there's leadership, there is um, human uh, high performance, um, there's also service. So if you have been involved with charity or volunteering, that's something you can put into. Also working with, with um, individuals, that's also a section. So with my honours degree, I worked with patients. So I was able to put that into my um, into my degree, into my, sorry, portfolio. So that's, that's one thing that really helped. And with Wollongong, uh, uh, um, do do uh, cross check me, but um, Gamsat and portfolio is the is the first thing that they look at, and then once once you've crossed that stage, they look at Casper portfolio, and then your interview. Gamsat's out of the way, so um, that's one thing to to be wary about. So do do look into to portfolios because portfolios help. But if you're not looking into portfolio, think about think about how these extracurricular activities can help you as a person when it comes to the interviews because with your interviews you can then 
be that sort of person where you can draw on, on um, experiences. Okay, so there's a couple of, how much previous work experience can be relied on? Um, you can rely on as much work experience as you can because um, being being in a work environment, you're exposed to a lot of different things. So, um, and, and like, uh, currently I'm working at phrases, right? And now that I'm working at phrases, there's a, there's so many things that I feel like I wouldn't have experienced when if I worked at a different company or if I didn't work at all. Like I'm I'm behind the scenes, like thinking about the business aspects of things and like the the like the the stuff. But also I'm thinking about how do I make the product better? How do I make sure that students get a lot out of out of us? And um and also the logistical things how um how do i how do i like negotiate with 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 people how do i how do i make sure that i'm i can show the value of me as a person so these things are are something that you do um pick up on on the job i would also recommend getting multiple different experiences as well because i think that's a very important thing um is work work experience and volunteering a bonus during interview? It's a bonus in the sense that you can draw on those experiences, but it's actually not a, like a, a a bonus site like you get ten percent. It's not like that. I know Deacon does give you a bonus um, for work experience, and but that's for a certain period of time. So do look into into that. Um, yes, work experience is under any bonuses for health professionals. Uh, Deacon does give you a bonus for health professionals, but you have to work for a certain period of time. Um, Honors with um, with working with animals. Yes, you can definitely talk about that. That's a very thing. Um, okay, I'll talk about usage a bit later. How recent do your experiences need to be? I would say um, anything past high school. I think if you talk about your high school experiences, there are some questions that do get raised. They're like, have you like you you you'll be a different person from what you were in high school and what you are now as a person because you've gone through those those three to five years in university. So. I would rec I would recommend drawing on those very recent experiences, but also be very careful about the most recent experience that you've you're going to be drawing drawing. So because like if you're doing like extracurricular stuff just so you can pad your resume, that's something that that interviewers are going to like just see through. So just be a bit careful about that. Okay, so my experience works experience is, is quite spread out, like working for um, da, 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 um yeah, and uh, I'm worried that the short um. Okay, wait, let me read that again. Uh, it's quite spread out, like working for a short periods in the lab and patient care, and I'm worried that the short time frame would work for. I think I think with the short time frame, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I think there's a couple of key things you just need to look look into because there's a couple of key skills that um that interviewers are looking for. And with that, like just what I would do, everyone here, go on Google. Type in um, qualities in a in a doctor or qualities in a medical student. If you can list out those qualities, think about a story that you can attach to those qualities. So, for example, honesty is a quality that um, that that doctors need to have. Now, um, what? How do I draw on that? So I can say that. Okay, so actually, I had an experience today. So there was actually when I was in the wards, there was actually um, I was with my tutorial group, and um, a nurse came to us, and one of our colleagues um, went away. The nurse came to us and said, "Hey, Sadipta, um, just want to let you know that one of your colleagues has really bad odor. Um, we, um, I, I would bring it up with him because the patients have been noticing this, and I don't, or we don't, I don't know how to bring it up with him. And I was like, okay, um, 
like, and I, I've noticed this as well, but how do I, how do I become honest with him? So then I thought about, so my story then leads me towards talking, talking to him in private, sitting him down, um, being, being worried about my surroundings, being, um, making sure that, that he knows that I'm being serious. And then, um, then inviting the idea that, that maybe he does have a bad body odor. And then, and also making him aware of that. So that honesty to him actually actually really saved him because people won't be honest around him and people are going to treat him differently because he has bad body odor. So that sort of things like um, you can like draw on and that's like experience I experienced today. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I hope that advice helped. That was, um, <laughs> that was, um, that was one of my experience, but there's, there's like other stuff as well. Like, um, uh, what's off the top of my head. Um, if you guys have Googled, um, tell me a, tell me a quality that you think you have. I think that's very important. Um, okay. So three most important personal attributes. You mentioned people skills, uh, obviously other interviewers looking for, um, I think they're also looking for, um, mm, um, I'm oh, really, really late on the spot. I think uh, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll think about it. Um, I'll get back to you. Um, what if I don't really have any extracurricular except very, very recent volume? Or yeah, that's that's fine. That's completely fine. And I think also if you if you're from Melbourne and you started uni in 2020, I'm pretty sure you couldn't do anything for the last three years. So it's it's very it's it's completely fine that you don't have extracurricular activities. But um, it doesn't mean you can't get onto it. And having most recent experiences, I think it's it's good as well. And I think also there was actually a guy last year that I was interviewing and he has only done one thing. And the one thing that he has done was um, his, his work. And his work was being on Zoom. And then I, I pointed out to him, what sort of skills were you utilizing in, in, in that job? And that And if that's the only thing that you can talk about, that's completely fine. As long as you're hitting those qualities, I think that's the most important thing. Um, okay, because I commute three hours a day, uh, not really time. Yeah, that's um, see, it, it, like it's not necessary that you have to get extra to It's just a, it's just an advice. Um, okay, cool. Gamsat. Okay, all right. Um, we'll, we'll, we do we do have to we do have to move on. Um, um, oh, okay. Another person is actually, you know what? I'll actually answer this. Okay. So, um, all right. So, okay. Any, sorry, I'm just, there's a lot of, a lot of messages in the chat. You guys are very, very engaged today. This is, uh, this is really cool. Um, okay. So any questions in your interviews that threw you off or any odd unexpected questions that, um, they asked you? Okay. So, I actually signed an NDA for uh, for University of Wollongong, so I can't really ask about. I, I can't really talk about those um, those questions. But I feel like, oh, how do I how do I answer that without exposing myself? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think um, I think um, do do message me later on. So yeah, I think that would be. I'll give you I'll give you a mini hint. I think I think it was a rural question. I would say I'll say think about think about rural. I think that's the that's the big thing because rural has a has a very complex sort of um sort of vibe to it and every every medical school in the country will will ask you about rural. So yeah. yeah. Um that's that's one thing. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh but do do email me later and uh don't tell the University of Wollongong if you if you do <laughs> okay all right 
So GAMSAT, um, why it matters. So the logical principles of GAMSAT as a medical entrance. Okay. So GAMSAT is one of those things that um, it, it does it does matter, um, unfortunately, end of the day. And it's something that has been, the scores have been going up every year. There's been prep companies, there's been two, um, two, um, two um, sorry, tutors that have been uh, probing and, and helping students to get get through and um now that you are in um, in that applications phase i wouldn't be concerned too much about the gamsat right now but gamsat is something god forbid if you don't get in this year do focus on gamsat again do sit, sit september and i would say september is actually relatively easier um to do that much there are pros and cons with September and, and March. September, if you have finished your degree um, and you do have that time, September is going to be a breeze. But if you're doing March, I would recommend March because you like you you're in the holiday period. You have three months. You can go and study. You can get on a tutor. Yeah, you can do that. And for me, my my GAMSAT scores were always fifties, and then my Gamsat, which was my sixth Gamsat, I cracked the sixty. I cracked sixty-one, and I was so happy. I was focusing on where, where, I would, um, which section I was actually doing terrible in, and section two was the one um, that I was okay at, but I knew I can make it better. Section three, I was abysmal, um, but then I ended up doing better in section three, and then section one, I had no clue what I was doing with section one. Um, but I still, I still got that help. I still got that that tutoring, and I did as many practice exams as I can. Why is it important? Because some universities, such as like um, Melbourne Uni, for example, it's it, there's there's a uh, there's I think it was um, um, from memory. It was oh I don't want to say the wrong information. Um, so okay, some universities. Um, um, have 50% in their breakdown for GAMSAT. Some universities like Notre Dame have it one-third. So it's one-third GAMSAT, one-third GPA, one-third CASPA. Um, um, and I think there's, no, one-third. There's Did I say interview? I did say, no, it's one-fourth. Okay, one-fourth one um, interview. So do do correct me um, because it's been, it's been um, two years, but um, and you guys would know more about this, so I would I would go and and just memorize everything in in that um, Gamsat book, just so you don't get pulled out on anything. But Gamsat is very important because it does take a, a big chunk of your of your breakdown. GPA is one thing that you can't really change unless you you do take take the extra degree or that extra um, couple of years to improve, and it's a high risk thing, right? But then with Gamsat. GAMSAT is just one year. You can do it again, and you can do it as many times as you want, um, and you can you can get through. So that's that's one thing I would I would say about the GAMSAT. And just so just so, uh, I guess if if you're comfortable um, mentioning your GAMSAT score, um, what what GAMSAT scores do you guys are, are sitting on currently? And you can privately message this, this actually. Okay. 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 All right. So with with GAMSAT, the recent trend that we're looking in, in um at the moment 
yes, I got into Sydney with 61. And and the way I got into Sydney with 61, it was a late round offer. So my breakdown was 51, uh, 74 and 58. And with University of Sydney, they don't take the overall um, overall GAMSAT. They actually look at your sections. So a lot of students in my cohort right now, they are actually, their, their section one and two are pretty high. So like high 70s. And section three, even though like there's like 80s and like hundreds and stuff, um, because their section one and two weren't that, that great, um, they couldn't get through. But that's non-rural, right? I'm a rural student, so things are a little bit different for me. So um, no, I got a 74 for section two, not not an 82. <laughs> 74. No, I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Sorry, you're talking about a person. Okay, that, that's actually amazing. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, so do apply to UCID if you have those high breakdowns, but those people who are in the in the just below 60 um, still apply. There is still a chance of getting through. Um, but think about where you're going to apply as well. I think I think if you're if you're below a 57, I think just just be wary that you may not get through, unfortunately, because that's happened to me. Um, but also, it depends on the the pool of students, right, um, who are applying. So just be, be aware of that. But then also think about the bonuses. So apply to those universities that have um, that have that give you bonuses, like Deakin, for example, um, Notre Dame. Um, give bonuses. A and you give bonuses. Like, just, so think about those bonuses, and you can potentially get through. So, yeah, I, I guess. Um, I, I guess we'll we're towards the uh, the the end part of the of the webinar. But so, um, how to overcome the inevitable challenges that you'll face in your journey? And here's some. Okay, so some constructive sort of stuff. So, okay, I've been studying for nine years, and when I when I um, did that interview for Melbourne Uni, and I was the first cohort that did the interview um, for uh, that one-way interview where you're sitting in front of a computer, there are video scenarios, and you have to answer within one minute uh, per question. And it was so horrible. And I didn't practice as much as I wanted to. I thought I had two weeks of, um, uh, of practice and I was really anxious, even though I have these sort of people skills that I can go and talk and talk to people. When it got to that moment, I had no clue how to structure my, my answers. And when I got that rejection letter, it, it, it took a big toll on me. And I thought, where do I go with my life? But I, I sat down with a couple of friends and um, and also I sat down with my supervisor and my mentors. And it's really important that you have a mentor in your life um, who can give you that advice as to where to go. And my supervisor sat me down and said, Siddipta, I know you've been wanting to do medicine for such a long time and really questioned me, what, how, how much does this mean to me? And it really mean, meant to me a lot. And he said, um, medicine is not, not far away in the future. You can do medicine at any point in time. And then he said, why don't you do a PhD with me? So I applied to a PhD. And as I was applying to PhD, I, I really um, um, cracked down with, with GAMSAT. I, I also tore my ACL as well. So I, I, um, I had surgery at the end of, uh, of 2020. So I, it's just that you just have to have that willpower that, that one day you will, you will get 
get through this. This is just an aspect in your life that you are stuck for, for a bit, but you're not going to be stuck forever. You have to keep trying. And and I think growth happens when you when you do figure out what your mistakes are. If you can figure out what where you're going wrong, then you can figure out how you can overcome them and what your solutions are. And solutions are there there in front of you. I think everyone here who are th uh, the thirty people, thirty three people who are here, I can I believe that everyone here has the ability to to get into medicine one day. And hopefully, hopefully it's next year when you have done the application and, and done interview training. And then once you get into the interview, you blitz that interview because you, you're starting here. You're already in this webinar. A lot of people are, have, have not even looked at um, how, to, how to apply for medical school. So you're already a, a step ahead. And um, for me, for me I, I fixed up my GAMSAT, figured out where I was wrong. I got tutoring for, for it. And then when, once I did well enough for, for the GAMSAT, I realized if I can get an interview for Melbourne Uni, I'm pretty sure I can get an interview anywhere. So I started interview training in June. I know I'm a bit I'm a bit of a, a freak because I started early, um, but I started early. I got into the habit of of talking to people, talking in structures, and when I got the interview from University of Wollongong. I knew what to do. And um, I was still doing my PhD. I was still working. I was still doing clubs and societies. I was still um, doing portfolio stuff. And then I faced the interview and it was one of the best moments in my life that these, like, well, at the time, seven years of, of just grinding and I finally got to where I wanted to. It was not about, I'm going to get into medicine one day. It was about, I will one day become a doctor. And I think that's, that's something that hopefully you guys can experience. Um, okay, all right. I think um, I think it's question time. I've left nine minutes uh, for question time, but I can go as um, I can go for a bit longer. So um, hopefully that hopefully this webinar was useful. Um, this was my first time going solo, so I, I apologize if uh, if if I um, said random crap and it wasn't as helpful. So um, yeah. Do do ask me questions, and um, I'll, I'll just put in the in the chat um, my email so you can reach out to me. Actually, funny story when I when I um when it was a day that the the um the med the interview office sorry not the interview the med medical office were coming out I didn't even look at anything I just I just expected like life was was going on I got in the car I was going to uni to do my PhD um study and then the group chat was going off and I stopped the car and there was my offer in in my email and it was it was great it was it was good. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's ask some questions. Um, okay. Any tips for the different style of interviews? How do you deal with MMI versus panel? Okay. So I think, I think looking at the, at, at MMIs with MMIs, think about scenarios that will come your way. Look at how many minutes does it take for each, each um, university. For example, uh, Wollongong takes about eight minutes to answer questions. So, um, think about how you're going to structure your your answer. But I think there's not much difference, really. Panel interviews are a little bit more personal, so be be um, ready to talk about your personal experiences. But with MMIs, it's very like structured. Like you like you have to answer the question. Um, 
you have to ask the question directly you have to say why and then you have to summarize like it's it's very like clear cut whereas panel you can you can also have that sort of structure but you have to add a personal sort of twist to it and they are, they will ask follow-up questions so there's not much difference it's just that panel interviews are a little bit more personal um okay as a rural student what uni, uni would you pre preference okay so i would I would go guns blazing as to which um, which university that you think you may never get into. For example, I actually put Melbourne Uni as my top preference um, because, it, like, I thought, okay, if I don't put Melbourne Uni at all, I have no chances of getting in. But if I do put Melbourne Uni as number one, there is a slight chance that they will come around and then they will they will put me. And that's what happened in twenty twenty. Uh, so I was I was actually expecting an interview from Notre Dame which was number three on my list. But I put Melbourne, Deakin, Notre Dame. Uh, I think I put UQ, Griffith, and then um, Wollongong somewhere. But um, I don't want to influence your, your preferences. I would say preference your preferences the way you you like which one you want to really get into the most and then then also the the rest of them, what is your likely chance of getting in? So that's what I that's what I did. So if you're rural, put Melbourne Uni. Put A and U. Apply for UCID. Definitely do it. Does GEMSAS consider a WAM of 80 versus 90? They're both GPS 7. Um, unfortunately, GPS 7 means GPS 7. They don't really, it doesn't really matter. Um, but um, WAM, it, it, like, it's not going to be a perfect GPA 7 unless you've done honours and it's UQ. They will calculate it, and and also when you do when you do send in your application afterwards, you can actually ask GEMSAS for a calculated GPA from each of the universities. There is a service. Um, if you do it early, you have to pay for it. But if it's later on, um, they just email it to you. So um, just yeah, um, get onto that. Uh, I really doubt myself an ability to uh, yeah. No worries. Uh, what does a realistic WAM look like for med? Um, a lot of I would say 6.5 and above is is like really competitive, but you can get away with 6.3. Your GAMSAT, it's like a balancing act. Your GAMSAT, if your GAMSAT's high, you can get away with a, a with with an average GPA. And I'm not saying 6.5 is an average GPA. Actually, that's really high. Um, but just be 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 wary of that. If you and I think the advice that I would give everyone here is that um, try your best for everything. Um, if you if you can if if you can do well in the GPA, try really hard. Gamsat, try really hard. Interview, try really hard. Give it your all for everything because you're going to make sure that you put the, um you're positioning yourself in the best possible way. So my GPA is not good. I don't really have extracurriculars. Any suggestion on what I should do? Um, I think I think with your GPA, if you're if you're really concerned about your GPA. It may be it may be worth um, looking into doing another degree and and um, and and like it, I know it's hard I know it's difficult that um, like you, you have done three years already and now you have to start all over again and I had to sort of swallow my pride um, and start all over again but if, if it does pay dividends eventually I'm I'm current, I'm 26 years old I thought I was going to get into medical school, medical school at, at 21 and um, once you get in it, age doesn't matter so um, you can. You can do another degree and boost your GPA. You can do a master's degree and boost your GPA and get bonuses, but also just be wary about the universities. You can do honours, and I think honours is the great way to boost your GPA, uh, but also don't tell your supervisor that you're doing honours to boost your GPA because they're never going to take you. Um, 
or you can um yeah you can do a do a phd and um I, and for me i thought if i finish my phd by the time i finish my phd griffith university is going to give me a gpa 7 so and and also like portfolios as well so i'll be in a really good position as well with that um what got you okay so what got you in UCID as a rural student um so with UCID, my GAMSAT was the one that got me in um, because they don't look at your interviews. They don't, there's a hurdle for, for GPA. So non-rural is 5.5 and rural is 4.5, um, but GAMSAT is a big one. Um, do focus on section one, section two. What resources did you use for interview prep? Um, I used phrases, uh, but I also, with, with phrases, I used the interview generator a lot. I also got onto their, their program as well. So I uh, I went all to the webinars. I got a tutor as well. Um, so um, do do consider phrases if you're not, but there's other companies as well, like um, like Howard to Health. Don't tell my bosses that I talked about Howard. <laughs> um, there's also... Um, like uh, like even private companies as well um, and also private tutors. Just get someone out there who will listen to you. I think that's the main thing. But also do um, look into, um, do look into like having like, uh, like interview like groups, like get, get like a bunch of applicants together and just, just rail through questions. And the resources you can get is um, you can get them online. So there's a lot of free resources on Paging Doctor. Um, there's also a lot of free resources on Reddit as well. Uh, there's also free resource. So if you just, if you guys um, um, Googled uh, Fraser's community, um, there's actually, so Google Phrases Community, sign up on Phrases Community, it's free resource. Um, it's kind of like the Reddit of that Phrases has. Um, you can then um, get free resources there. So um, I guess I guess to summarize that question, um, get tutoring, um, look online for free resources, get a group of people that will listen to you. Literally what I did every single day is I did questions under timed conditions and that that got me over the butterflies. Um, okay, so uh, all right, it has been so stressful to listen to webinars of well-performing students who have a successful your experience. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Okay, um, is there any other questions? I'll pro I'll probably go for another another five minutes if if there's any other questions. Just out of curiosity, is medicine what you expected it would be? How do you deal with more? Ah. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, medicine was not what I expected. And I think even though I, I thought that this is something that I really wanted and really something that is going to be like, this is going to be the rest of my life. There are times where I, I do question myself that am I in the right, right degree? Am I in the right career? And because, and the reason why I think about that is because of how difficult the course is. Um, University of Sydney is actually one of the most difficult courses in the country next to UQ because in first year they cram every single thing that you learnt in biomed in in science, and they ex they expect you to know know everything, even though there's no prerequisites. Um, you're you're supposed to um, be able to synthesize everything a lot. Um, very quickly, and then from from second year onwards, it's chill. You're in the wards. You're you're uh, happy days, and then third year comes around and and screws you over. So yeah, it is it is a huge learning curve, and and studying actually is one thing I I actually had to relearn how to do because 
with medicine, it's not about like about learning the content. The content is actually straightforward. It's about how do I cram this content, which is about 10 hours long, into, into a couple of couple of hours. Because the way the usage structure is that um, we get only two days to to cram about um, 10 to 15 hours of online videos. And then you go to, go to the lectures um, on Thursdays and Fridays, and that's about one and a half hours long. And then they expect you to, to go to the hospital once a week and, and regurgitate everything that you, you've learned. So it does take a toll on you. And, um, and a lot of people do fail medical school. And luckily, med, um, they do allow you to, to repeat. So um, there's about 15 people who have repeated um, first year um, from last year. So that sort of thing. So, yeah, do do be careful what you're getting yourself into because medicine is like nothing that you have experienced medicine is a completely different beast um okay so i recently signed up for the phrase interview course but as an international i was worried that there are some differences in application timelines what's what yeah okay yeah just um just email me um we can have a chat about that um okay so how many days are you in person at usid two days at uni or what? okay so let okay i'll give you a brief brief sort of timeline so um our day starts on tuesday or wednesday so let's say tuesday is your free day tuesday is when you're supposed to get through all your online videos your online videos are about six six to ten hours depending on which block you're in so currently the first years are in respiratory block um so they're learning about asthma um, they're, they're, sorry, they have learned about asthma, COPD, uh, bronchiectasis, um, pneumonia. Um, what else is there? Um, there's also uh, uh, TB. All these, all these different conditions, right? But then, in, on top of those conditions, you have to learn about anatomy. Anyone who who has done anatomy, um, who has an anatomy major. Okay, I'm an anatomy major, and my anatomy degree was for the entire year, right? So second year they they go through like the brief stuff about anatomy in your final year at melbourne uni they go through like the the upper limbs and lower limbs in first semester and then um, everything else in the second semester it's a bit more relaxed in first year they literally crammed um everything that i learned from like head to uh, head to pelvis in two weeks and i was freaking out and um Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> so we, we have to we have to learn everything in on on Tuesday. Wednesday is our cl our clinical placement. So we go into the wards. Um, we um, learn about how to take a history, how to do physical exams, and then we go and talk to patients. So really cool cool thing about USIT is that you do get to talk to patients, which other medical schools don't really get. And Melbourne Uni and some of the prestigious medical schools, they are going towards that model. But if you say you go to like Notre Dame, for example, you don't see patients until third year. Um, okay, so and then there is um so on on Thursday, so you start at eight o'clock. So from eight till um, eleven thirty, there are lectures. So one and a half hour lectures. There is no breaks, and then from twelve to two, you get anatomy prac, and then two to four, you have a histology prac or a physiology prac. And then um, if you do want extra um, help, from six to seven thirty, you you get to um, go to a back to basics block. Um, so tutorial. Then on Friday from eight till twelve, you have lectures again, um, and then from from twelve to three. Oh, sorry. One, one to four. There is a um, a ethics and law um, uh, uh, 
lecture that you can go to. Well, okay, not can, you have to go to because it's compulsory. Um, usually you can't miss out on lectures or you can't miss out on 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 tutorial stuff because it's everything is is required learning and attendance is a key thing um and then on the weekends you should be studying a lot of people do relax but i'm not the brightest kid so i have to do the online videos at that time and you can't get through the online videos you have to you have to find time to study it's not just about going to the lectures it's about about how do i how do i study and get get through it and i realized in first year that you can't passively just read everything you have to do exam questions you have to do to ankies so a lot of a lot of medical students would be doing ankies and and trying to cram everything in their brain just so they can get to the next block um and then you have exams every eight weeks so there's four weeks in a block so they examine you on two two blocks um so yeah that's that and then um if you are a um if you're someone who tries to do everything with their life you try and work and do other stuff so i'm not only am i doing phrases i'm also um the amsa rep for university of sydney so amsa is the australian medical students association so i do that as well so burnout is real so do be wary about what you're getting yourself into UCID is a bit crazy um Wollongong, I hear, is not as crazy, but they also have final year exams. They don't have uh, block exams. So, yeah, do be, be aware of that. Um, okay, so, yeah, once a week. And then in second year, third year, you're basically in the hosp hospital all the time. In third year, you can go rural if you want to. So you can go to Dubbo or um, anywhere, or um, Lithgow or anywhere, um, which is really, really cool. And I would recommend going rural because you get so much experience and then in your fourth year you can do an elective block where you can go overseas and uh, for like a, a couple of months and then come back um all righty uh how do you have time for phrases i don't <laughs> i really don't um i i um i work about five to five hours um every week so i i make sure i i don't i don't overdo do myself but um, yeah, medicine is, it does consume your life. So you just have to be careful about, um, about working and stuff. So you can work. Usually a lot of people on the free day do work. So yeah. Uh, how do you, do you know any of any resources on rural, uh, written applications running about? Um, we do have a lot of, um, actually you can, um, you can message me, um, or email me at phrases and we can help you out with that. Okay. Any other questions guys? Um, feel free to unmute yourself as well. Okay. All right. I think, um, anything else you want to know about me? I think, that, okay. Anything else you want to know about me or, or any, any other stuff? Like how, how do I study? <laughs> uh, All right, I'll put my I'll put my um my email in the chat again just so you can reach out to me. Oh, okay. All right. Notre Dame Notre Dame is um is is it's actually a pretty cool uni. I think I think like the people that I've talked to from Notre Dame, um they they're actually with some really nice people in terms of the the course itself 
um, they have something called a spiral learning. So spiral is like where it's not like blocks. So like with you, Sid, it's like cardio block, rest block, um, and all that, right? So you, so Notre Dame, one week you're learning about um, pneumonia. The next week you're going to learn about um, about uh, cystic fibrosis, or you're going to oh actually that's rest. <laughs> you'll you'll learn about like gastro, or you're going to learn about um, renal stuff, or and, and, so anything. So like it it does keep you on your toes, and it's really cool, but it can get a bit confusing um a lot of my friends who are in Notre Dame at the moment they are um they are enjoying it because they're getting a lot of knowledge whereas at UCID we do go by block by block so it's a bit more organized so that's that and Notre Dame there's a lot of lectures um so that is online or you can go into they also don't get clinical placement until third year so third year and fourth year you get to go Go to um, go to Mel Melbourne um, or like anywhere in Victoria, or you can go to New South Wales. So that's what Notre Dame is like. Um, I know in the first two three weeks they do a bioethics lecture, um, which is amazing. So yeah, do consider going to Notre Dame. Okay. What is this about you gathering ten thousand? Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, so um, when I so in in 2020 um when i started started my honors degree i started it um i was i was like i was doing the gamsat and gamsat got postponed gamsat got postponed to may and then i um i was doing my honors but then a lot of the medical schools came around and said we're not including 2020 into your results and as a student who has a gpa of 5.6 that was the worst um, news that I can ever hear and I was really shocked and I was thinking what do I do at that time a lot of the student unions were petitioning about different things and protesting and I was a president of a charity club so I was the president of the Australian student um, Australian South Asian Healthcare Society at Melbourne Uni and I thought I was in some sort of position of, of power you would say so I emailed the the president of Bi of the Biomed Society at Melbourne Uni, the president at um, for, for Science Society at Melbourne Uni, and then I started emailing presidents from around Australia, and we got together in a group chat, and we started we we started this petition, and we actually got on ABC Radio where we we started talking about how like why are these medical schools not taking 2020 when um a lot of people are still studying they're still paying the same fees and Griffith came out with a really good model they said that if you didn't do well in 2020 we weren't included but if you did okay in 2020 and you want to opt in you can you, you can do you can do that whereas Melbourne Uni Deakin and um like Wollongong for as well I think ANU and Macquarie they all came around and said um we're not taking 2020 so that was a huge hit hit for me um so we we started um we started a a, a page on facebook we've started this petition uh, i think it's still up but uh macquarie university uh changed their their um guidelines because of us and that was a huge win for us melbourne uni the the year after included honors and um and also some some units before 2020 like the summer of 2020 um, and then, and Wollongong recently actually included 2020 into their results. I think Deakin is the only one that um, has said for the next 10 years, no, no 2020. So 
that's what I did. And that was my gateway into advocacy and talking to a lot of people, um, getting to know people from different parts of the country. And I'm now really good friends with them in medical school. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of my story. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how, that's how I got, I did that. And then that actually landed me a job at Fraser's as well. <laughs> so yeah, I hope that answered your question. Um, okay. All right. I think I might wrap it up. Um, so Thank you guys. Thank you for for coming. Um, yeah, do scan the QR code if you uh, haven't already. And um, yeah, hopefully I will. I'll see you soon in another um, another uh, webinar. All right. Thank you guys.